Hey, I'm Sarah Bivens. And I'm Matthew Bivens. And this is the Doing It at Home podcast, the only podcast dedicated to empowering, loving, and honest conversations around home birth. What started as a fun way for us to document our own home birth journey has turned into a platform for sharing birth stories, resources, and education with the goal of empowering mamas and families to make the birth decisions that work best for them. Plus, we get into the antics, breakdowns, and breakthroughs of our own experience of marriage and parenthood. All right. You ready, babe? Yep. Let's do it, mama. Hey, guys. Welcome to the Doing It at Home podcast. Today, we have a birth story for you, and it is a part two um, from episode 70, where we chatted with Sam Peters about the home birth with her son, Brooks, and was actually newly pregnant at the time, planning for another home birth in the future for baby number two. And that's what we got to talk about today. So we got to talk about baby number two, Scout, and her birth. And uh, it's really cool because you get to hear that transition from going from one baby to two. And we talk a lot about uh, adjusting to life with two kiddos as well after, of course, we get into all the amazing details of Scout's birth. And uh, we talk a lot about natural induction for home birth, which gets brought up often on the show. And, you know, people have questions about what can you do to move labor along and to, to bring it about without any sort of uh, medical intervention. So we chat about that. And there's also this fun theme that theme that comes up every once in a while with mamas on the show where they're in denial of the fact that they're in labor for whatever reason, it doesn't feel like it's happening or that baby is arriving soon. And so there's, there's some funny stuff that comes up with that. And, uh, we chat about that a bit too. And just so grateful to Sam for sharing so honestly and sweetly and just letting us be a part of her experiences and be in her family in a way. And just, uh, to bring you these, these stories. So we got to hear about Brooks in episode 70 and now here's the birth of daughter baby girl scout here it is this podcast is sponsored by skylight calendar let's be real running a household can be exhausting and chaotic and finding the perfect mother's day gift it's not exactly a no-brainer until now the skylight calendar is the best way to organize the family and give everyone especially mom some peace of mind to enjoy the things that matter most the Skylight Calendar is a smart, touchscreen calendar that keeps track of and manages the chores, dinner planning, groceries, and to-dos for the whole family. The Skylight Calendar automatically syncs each family member's digital calendars and displays them all together on one color-coded touchscreen. It even doubles as a digital picture frame, so you can finally share all those special moments that are just sitting on your phone. As a limited-time offer for our listeners, get 15% off your purchase of a Skylight Calendar when you go to skylightcal.com slash easy. That's S-K-Y-L-I-G-H-T-C-A-L dot com slash easy. Get 15% off your Mother's Day purchase now at skylightcal.com slash easy. Hello, Sam. Welcome back to the Doing It at Home podcast. How are you? I'm doing good. How are you doing, Sarah? Awesome. I'm so happy to have you here and to be hanging out and sharing part two of your story. Um, for those who don't know, we have part one um, talking about your path and your journey to pregnancy and trying to conceive infertility and then a dream fairy tale, as we called it, pregnancy and home birth. Um, and that's episode 70. So if you haven't checked that out, people, go listen to episode 70 and then you will be 
plopped into the center of the story where we start right now. So when we last talked, you were pregnant, planning for um, another birth. And what what was different that time around in those last final days or as you prepared for the reality of welcoming a second child and just shifting up the whole the whole dynamic? <laughs> yeah, it was it was definitely different. I mean with Brooks of course, I feel like with that first one, I had a blissful ignorance, of course, like as far as what, um, you know, what the birth time would look like. And I honestly will say, even though I felt at peace with like all our decisions and having a home birth and stuff, I probably had maybe a little more anxiousness and fear just because I was like remembering the intensity and I hate to use the word, but like pain of the birth with Brooks. And I was just kind of like, a little apprehensive, but luckily, and I, I used a different midwife this time and her and I, I had a great birth with Brooks, but it was just one of those things where my personality with the midwife just didn't click like as well as I would have loved it to. And I used a different midwife this time or we did, and her and I have just clicked so well. We still talk frequently actually. And like, I was able to talk through all those types of fears and just apprehensions and everything. And she was so, so, so wonderful. So leading up to birth was, was good and things were rolling right along and I can kind of get into the whole birth story if you'd like me to. Absolutely. Um, one thing I did want to touch on, I remember in our last conversation, we talked about finding a midwife in a small town in Indiana. So Mm. was, Mm -hmm. was the transition to another midwife very easy? You know, was it easy to find another one and connect with, um, or was there a little bit of a challenge there to get to that point? It was, it was actually pretty easy. I feel like nowadays, no matter where you live with the internet, it makes it a pretty small (laughs) world. And actually, even though we live in rural Indiana, we're not far from uh, a pretty big Amish community Mm -hmm. and all the Amish people have home births. So actually in a weird way, even though we're rural, there's quite a few midwives around here. Love it. Yeah. So anyway, so it was coming up. I was due on December 6th and I had Brooks he was born at like 38 weeks and six days. So I had already, I had like surpassed that time and it was the beginning of December and it was weird though. Cause a lot of moms at the end of their pregnancy, you know, they get to that point where it's like, I'm so freaking done with this. Like yep. get this baby out of me. Yep. And I'm like so opposite. I love, I love being pregnant. And like, I, I'm like, it's such a to-do list type of person. And it seems like I had this big list of things I wanted to get done before the baby came. And of course a lot of them weren't done. And I was just like, I'll stay pregnant, whatever. But, um, in the, let's see, it was a Friday night. It was, so it was December 1st and I, or no, it was night. It was morning. Anyways, I used the restroom and I lost my mucus plug. Mm. And with Brooks, that was like my first sign of anything. And actually after I lost my mucus plug, he was born 24 hours later. So that morning when I lost my mucus plug, you know, that was my only experience was one other baby. And I lost the plug and I was, you know, told Brady and, oh my gosh, you know, my body's starting to do things, things are happening, told the midwife, whatever. But of course, everyone just says, yeah, yeah, go about your day and we'll see what happens. Well, the rest of the day, nothing, no other signs, like no contractions, no nothing. And then the next day as well, Saturday, nothing happened. We just went about our day as normal. We went to some Christmas festivities thing. And that's the wonderful thing, too, about having a toddler you can't really just like sit and wait for things to happen and be <laughs> anxious about it. Cause you're like taking care of your other kid. So then, so then it, Sunday, still nothing had happened. And Sunday night was, I don't, so it would have been December 3rd. And that was, 
everyone hyped it up so much. It was that big super moon, they called it, because it was a full moon, and the moon was closest to the Earth in its orbit. So it was this big, huge, bright moon. In my whole pregnancy, I had actually said, I think I'm going to have my, I think I'm going to have a baby on December 3rd, you know, because the super moon and the moon is big enough, you know, strong enough to move the whole ocean. Like surely enough, it could break my water and make me go into labor. <laughs> and so, but it's true. I mean, you hear from so many people that like labor and delivery wars are packed during yeah. full moons and things like that. So I, um, and it's so funny because I'm not generally into all that stuff, but it is, it is definitely true. So anyways, Brooks went to sleep and it's Sunday night and Brayden and I were just hanging around and we were watching Sunday night football and I got up my yoga mat and I was just like doing some stretches in the living room. And I was like in downward dog. <laughs> and all of a sudden it was just like, huh, I just felt my, like, but nothing else was happening, but it was almost like the thing that usually doesn't happen. Kind of like in the movies where my water just broke like out of nowhere. And I was like, I think my water just broke, but it wasn't like a, huge gush but enough that it was like I, like I peed my pants but I knew I did it so I'm like okay things are really obviously happening something's happening now so once again I talked to the midwife and I said you know my water just broke and blah 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 but you know I lost a decent amount of fluid but not a ton and she's like okay well go to sleep and get some rest and uh I'll probably hear from you in the middle of the night and if I don't just call me in the morning so I went to sleep and I would sleep like abnormally early for myself because I knew I was, you know, thought I'd probably get woken up in the middle of the night with contractions. And the next thing you know, I wake up and it was like seven in the morning and I felt totally normal and nothing was happening. And I, I wore, so I put on a pad and I called the midwife and yeah, yeah, you know, nothing's happening. I'm feeling good. And so she asked what I was doing that day. And I said, uh, I don't know. Cause I, it was just, it was so weird because like for days now, you know, I lost my mucus plug and then nothing happened and my water broke and nothing happened. So I was like in this weird limbo of like not making any plans because I'm thinking I'm going to go into labor. But so I said, I don't know, I'll probably go to the chiropractor because so I can be perfectly adjusted for this impending labor whenever it's going to happen. And my chiropractor is right by her house. So she's like, well, stop in. So I went to the chiropractor, then I went and saw her and we just like had a discussion about things. And she's like, you know, it probably definitely, cause then it was like, is it your water? Or is it not? And she gave me some swabs to swab if it was my water. And, um, when I, so she sent me home, basically I said, if it was you, what would you do? And she's like, honestly, like you're not like gushing a ton. I mean, like I didn't even need like a big pad really. She's like, your body's doing stuff, you know, if in 24 hours, something's still not happening, we might have to do something, but I would just go home and rest and wait. So I went home and I just like stayed super hydrated and tried to get a lot of rest and just like stayed in a good peaceful state. And, um, once again, I, so then I did try to swab some of that fluid that was coming out, but it like, according to my swab, it was negative, but it was hard to tell. So then the next morning, still nothing was happening. So my water had broke on a Sunday night and then it was like Tuesday morning and nothing had really happened. And of course in a hospital, I would have had a C-section by the night before, mm. you know what I mean? Cause they don't let you go very long. And so then it did get a little bit concerning. So she said, okay, well, why don't you come down and we'll meet again? And I said, okay, well, let me just have, you know, get Brady so he can watch Brooks and I'll head down. And she goes, I think you should bring Brady with you. And I'm like, okay. And Brady's my husband. So I didn't want to tell our family that anything was going on though, because I don't want to worry them. So we brought Brooks as well. So we all go down there and um, 
Laura and actually another midwife who she partners with. They're not in the same practice, but they just kind of collaborate on some things. They, um, they asked my permission and I said, yeah. So they took a look and they did the swab themselves. And sure enough, it was for sure amniotic fluid. And I've been leaking at that point for like 36 hours already. So they were like, yeah, you know, we should probably get your labor started somehow. But what's so wonderful about the midwifery model of care is like, there was never even any like indication of like, this is an emergency or mm. any, you know what I mean? They're 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 the baby's still moving good and the baby's heartbeat's fine and I, they could still feel that I had a decent amount of fluid. But the bigger concern was infection getting in, not really right. fluid coming out. So um, they kind of discussed like what our options would be and kind of went from like least to most invasive. So they did a membrane sweep and she checked me, which is weird because in my first birth, I was. I'd never had a cervical check ever in my life. So wow. that was different. But of course, like I wasn't even contracting or anything. So it was almost just like a, I don't know. It wasn't really a huge deal, but I was only at like two centimeters and pretty thick still. And like basically long story short, my body was not ready to go into labor, but that stupid moon, like that I wanted to help me go into labor. It like kind of did, but not really because my water broke, but then nothing else happened. So, um, they scratched my membranes and then did something called a Foley bulb. Yeah. I had only, only heard of like previously from one of my friends who had a, was going to have a birth center birth. She got transferred to a hospital. But anyway, she had a full experience with a Foley bulb. So luckily I heard of it, but like, basically it's seriously like they stick a, there's a more medical way to explain this. I'm sure, but they basically stick a water balloon inside (laughs) your cervix and then pump it full of, saline solution and then it just kind of like mechanically dilates you so really it's super non-invasive in the fact that it's nothing to do with drugs or medicine or anything it's just literally something like applying pressure from the inside to sort of dilate your cervix right and then once it gets to a certain point it just falls out so she you know she put this and they were kind of like yeah this is going to be pretty uncomfortable da, 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 da. so I'm like oh great so they put it in and like Oh my gosh, they had to like crank on that thing to get the saline solution to even go in. And it was kind of crazy because at one point, actually, it like all the saline solution like shot out everywhere. It was just so ridiculous. Like, but (laughs) what is happening? (laughs) And it it just felt so surreal. Like the whole time, I just, I don't even know. I was just in denial that I was going to go into labor because I just didn't feel like I was. I just felt normal. But, um, so they put it in and, there's like a catheter basically that comes out of it and they just like tape it to your leg. So it's not kind of bothering you. And, um, I started like pretty immediately getting kind of crampy, but that was it. And they're like, okay. So then we had, I mean, I was there for a few hours just having discussions of different options and what's going to go on. And, um, when I left, when we left, um, she told Brady, well, she gave me a, a little, rollerball of clary sage essential oil and she told brady on the way home to get some castor oil and that was something that i was really not wanting to do because basically it like irritates your bowels and you kind of just like have diarrhea or this is how a lot of people describe it you basically have diarrhea so bad it just like makes you go into labor and i was just like not about that life but she said, <laughs> just get just get it so you have it i've seen it be very successful you know you don't have to take it but I don't want you, if it comes down to that, I mean, if it comes down to nothing's happening and it's kind of hospital or castor oil, I think I know what your decision's going to be. So mm-hmm. just have it on hand, but I'm not going to make you do anything you don't want to do, of course. So we came home and then Brady put Brooks to nap and Brady went on and got some castor oil and I 
took a nap too. And so side note, it, it was kind of funny because this, so this is on a Tuesday and I lost my Yuka's plug on a Friday. So like I kept thinking things were going to happen and then they didn't, but honestly it was like a weird blessing in disguise because that whole time I was so diligent about like eating really well and eating lots of protein and staying super hydrated and getting a lot of rest. Cause I kept thinking I was going to go into labor, but then I didn't. So I felt like super <laughs> prepared. Ready to go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like my body was so physically ready to go actually. And then, so I took a nap and Brooks took a nap. And then a couple hours later, I woke up and I went pee. And when I went pee, it was like 2.15 and the Foley bulb fell out. And it was so funny because it's just so funny. Like this would never happen with like a, I don't think actually, I don't know though, but she's like, okay, send me a picture of the Foley bulb, but put something next to it so I can like gauge how big it is. So I like put like a lighter next to the Foley bulb on my kitchen counter and like send it to her. And she's like, okay, according to that, you're probably like four or five centimeters dilated. It's just so funny because it just sounds so ridiculous. But, but then I still wasn't having any contractions. So it was just like, okay, I'm obviously as dilated as, as big as this Foley bulb is, but I was not having any contractions or anything. And I felt like fine. And she was like, honestly, she goes, so that's when she recommended to take some castor oil. And I was just like, not wanting to, but I have such a wonderful relationship with Laura and I really, really trust her. And she had taken in one of her births and told me her experience. And I, I trusted her and I felt good about it. So I, so I did it, but it's crazy. Cause it's like so thick. It's like thicker than syrup. And, but it's so funny. This is why I should just stay off the internet because you read and people have all these awful experiences. It really wasn't bad. Like, but two ounces, like it's, it's how much I took. And it's kind of a lot. And like, but it really wasn't bad. Like it didn't really taste bad. It was just like super thick. That was the weirdest thing about it. But I took it. And so, and since I knew I was maybe going to take it, like I was like drinking so much water, trying to stay super hydrated in case I did get a lot of diarrhea or something. And then literally then I was just like, had a normal day, like hanging out with Brooks, hanging out with Brady, whatever. And I still wasn't having contractions or anything so then like two hours later, it's like 445 at this point. I called Laura again and, oh, and we had, she had given me strict instructions of like every hour. She kind of made like this Excel spreadsheet, like track, you know, my temperature, track baby's movement, make sure there's no like change in the fluid that's coming out of me. Like, so the concern was like, if there'd be meconium or something. Um, so I've been keeping track of all those things and we've been in contact a lot during the day. And like two, like at four forty-five, when I nothing was really happening, she's like, "Okay, like you can." I mean, you're coming up on like almost three days since your water broke, and it was kind of like, "Okay, you can take more castor oil, or you can try to, you know, get on your breast pump and do some clary stage." So I'm like, "Yeah, okay, I'll try that because I don't really want to do more castor oil." So, um, so we called my mother-in-law. She only lives like a mile up the road, and it was wonderful because. I knew it was like getting to be baby time. However, I still was like not even having any contractions and feeling weirdly normal. So I got to like get Brooks all situated and give him like a sweet goodbye. And it was so surreal though. Cause I remember thinking like the next time I see you, I'm going to have a, we're going to have another baby. And it didn't even feel real. And um, so we sent him off. And then while, after he left, Brady set up the birth tub and I hooked up to my breast pump and she kind of gave instructions as far as like, pump for 20 minutes off for 20 minutes, pump 20 minutes off 20 minutes, like do it for an hour. And when I was pumping, Brady had instructions to rub Clary Sage on these pressure points on 
my hand, like that meaty part of your hand between your index finger and your thumb, okay. and then in my ankles. And it's it's funny because when we were at our appointments earlier that day, she drew with a pen, like on my ankles, like where these pressure points were. That's so it was like awesome. pretty foolproof. It worked so good. But the crazy thing is, okay, like out of all the little kind of, I would call them natural interventions, I don't know what you call them, but of all the things we tried to do to like kickstart my labor, whether it was the Foley ball or the membrane sweep or the castor oil, like nothing really seemed to work, but I'm not even kidding. Like within a few minutes of Brady doing the essential oil on my ankle, it was like any time that he rubbed my ankle in that, in that spot, I would like have a contraction. It was so weird. It was like this magic button. And it's so funny because Brady, like I'm like border, I can be crunchy in some things, but a lot of things not, but my husband is totally not. (laughs) And like, so I think when he was like rubbing essential oils on my ankle, he probably was thinking like, this is so ridiculous. He's just so respectful of me, my choices. And he's so supportive of homework and things like that. Like it was no big deal. And he will do that stuff for me. But I think he was like shocked. Like when I started having contractions because of this little bottle of essential oil, I think he was just like, Oh my gosh. And so we called Laura and we were like, okay. Like after that first 20 minute cycle, it's like, okay, yeah, wow. I'm definitely having contractions now. And they were like two to three minutes apart. And she was like, they're two to three minutes apart. And we're like, yeah, but they weren't like super strong. And she was like, lay down, get off your breast pump. Like we're on our way. Oh so it was gosh. so weird because all of a sudden it was like, okay, they're coming. And I seriously still feel, cause the contractions, like we were sitting here, we were watching friends. I was like eating snacks. Like it, and Brady was like massaging me. It was actually like pretty weirdly wonderful. <laughs> um, so they came and the reason they came, even though like things, my contractions were close together, but they weren't strong, but we had discussed since my water had been broken for so long, me getting some antibiotics in early labor. And it was totally up to me, but I made a choice to do it just to prevent any infection for me and the baby. And what that meant was getting an IV in early labor. So they kind of wanted to come down so I can get that done before things got serious. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. So they, when I say they, it was, um, my midwife, Laura, and then the midwife that she sometimes collaborates with and then the birth assistant. Mm. So those three showed up and like right away got me, um, put the IV in. And so right after the IV gets in, of course, that's when I feel like, Oh no, I have to poop. And there's an IV in my arm. (laughs) So, So, so Brady is so funny. Like, just marriage. I don't know. It's so wonderful because so Brady, like, I'm like, okay, you're going to come with me, obviously, because someone has to hold this bag. Right. So he walks with me into the bathroom and that's when I just start having like crazy diarrhea. And I'm like, this is like, I seriously still felt fine. I just was like pooping a lot, but that happened in my early labor with Brooks too. So I wasn't like, I don't think it even was like extra because of castor oil. I think it was my body just like mm-hmm. clearing out ready to get Expelling, into labor. Yeah. Yeah. But it's just like, I don't know. It's just so. Uh, it's just so crazy. The magic of amazing. I guess our body works. <laughs> yeah, for real. but then also not only that, but like having a spouse that's so supportive and you're so close with that, like 
when you they're like basically it's not weird at all that they're standing there holding an IV bag and you're just like taking a huge dump and it's like no big deal. I just love that. I, <laughs> I love know. it too. That's awesome. <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> so then we walked back and then the IV bag was done and they took it out and then at that point they had asked me the, my midwife has two birth assistants that she works with and the other, the second one like wanted to via more birth kind of as like a sideline person than the actual assistant. So she asked if she could come and I said, yeah. And then one of my best friends is a, a birth photographer. So she was there. So actually our team ended up getting kind of bigger than I thought pretty quick, but it was totally fine. And then, but then it was so weird. Cause like my contractions had really slowed down then. And they were like seven or eight minutes apart. We're all kind of talking and hanging out. And I remember almost feeling like bad of like, nothing's really happening and we're literally all hanging out and like talking and like I felt bad but then also I felt really good because like I felt fine but it was just like weird but then then they started getting like a little stronger and I was like walking and I had to like I wasn't really moaning through them but I just couldn't talk through them anymore so then I was like I'm gonna go get in the shower and honestly most of it was just so I could like be alone because it was weird it was almost just like everyone I felt like an official kind of like everyone yeah. just kind of like watching me you know what that. I mean which is yeah. fine but they're like, yeah, yeah, go. So, of course, but they're like, yeah, but we'll come in, you know, every, I forget how often to, you know, check baby's heart rate and your heart rate and stuff. And that's fine. So I went and got in the shower and I was just by myself. And um, at this point, it was like a little after nine o'clock. And it's funny. I know what time it was because Brady, I saw this all after the fact, Brady texted both of our parents and it was like 9.15. And he said, hey, the whole team's here. Sam's definitely in labor, but it's really not active yet. We should have a baby by sometime tomorrow morning. And that was kind of it. And then when I was in the shower, he got the, he um, continued to like get the birth pool filled up all the way and stuff. And I took a pretty long shower. When I was in the shower, the midwife had me like keep switching and like putting one leg up and then the other, like we brought a little stool in the shower just to like hopefully get baby to drop and get in a good position. And, uh, when I got out then, things did take up. I don't know how far apart my contractions were, but they were definitely like I needed to moan through them. And then I got in the birth tub. And at that point, I just like, it's so funny. Everyone loves water birth. And I had a tub in both of my births. And I, I prefer the shower more than the tub. I don't know. I feel like some people love that feeling of weightlessness. Mm. But for me, it's like a, it's like a comforting. However, like when it gets to like a pushing stage, I feel like there, I can't like, I don't have like anything to like bear down. I totally get it. Yeah. To help me. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's like weird. Like you're kind of like floating around. <laughs> so anyways, I was in there and it, it felt good and stuff. And I just, I don't know. I just like, wasn't like totally loving it. And, and this was like a fine thing too. Like the water just wasn't staying quite hot enough and it wasn't quite deep enough and just little things like that. Probably because I took such a long shower and used all of our hot water. But anyways, <laughs> so then the birth assistant, the one was like, Hey, have you peed in there? And I was like, no. And she goes, uh, can you? And I said, uh, I don't know. I don't really feel like I can pee. And she's like, well, you really probably should because she didn't say this to me, but a lot of times I guess like if you have a full bladder, it can just physically like be in the way sure. of baby coming down so she's like why don't you get out and you know we'll use the restroom and I'm just thinking no because even though I wasn't that comfortable I wasn't that uncomfortable and like I just didn't want to move because I was like oh no you know what's gonna happen but they made me basically <laughs> so I did and I walked to her and like immediately like when I was in the and I was really scared to have a contraction on the toilet like I got to the point where Brady was squeezing my hips really hard with every contraction and that just gave me so much relief and I was just like I don't want to have a contraction on the toilet he's not going to be in a good spot but like 
luckily I sat down and I peed a ton and I didn't have a contraction in the toilet, but literally like right when I stood up, my contractions just started getting like even stronger and I could not make it back to the guest bedroom. Like I was in our master bathroom and I just like went right by our bed, probably like 10 steps away and just like bent over the edge of our bed and was like, holy crap. And then I all of a sudden just felt super pushy. Mm. So I'm bending over the bed and Brady's like squeezing my hip. And, and it was one of those things at that point, I couldn't even tell you who was in the room. I've seen the video and pictures since. So I now know, but at the time, like I thought lights were all off, but apparently they were all, all on. Like I totally was just in like birth zone at that point. And I was bent over the bed and Brady was really squeezing my hips like hard, how I like, like during every contraction. And um, I was just, I don't know, really trying to concentrate on breathing baby down and it's since I, you know, and I, there was some fear going into this birth, but since I did know what to expect, I think everything went so much better because I was like in between contractions, I was a hundred percent focused on like, I'm not thinking about the next, next contraction and I'm not going to tense up. I'm just going to like fully basically melt like butter and just be like jello in between contractions and just enjoy the rest. And then just like ride that next wave when it gets here, but I'm not even like thinking about it. And so I don't know, but every contraction, I started getting super pushy and I started like standing up and like squatting down during contractions. The problem with that was Brady was like having to hold me up by under my armpits, yet I still wanted him, someone to squeeze my hips and just no one was doing it like quite as strong and as hard as Brady was. So the Midwest was like, I, I brought my birth stool. I'll go, I'll go grab it or some online and grab it. I don't know who did. So I sat on that birth stool and like within a couple contractions after that, like all of a sudden it, they were, they, oh, and then they're like, she's really close. And I remember thinking, I remember saying, I think I said it out loud. You guys don't know with Brooks, I pushed for four hours. And I just remember thinking even when I started pushing, I was thinking like, we could be here forever, but how crazy I was. I was just, I don't know what the big difference was between Brooks's birth, but I mean, I was squatting on that birth stool and in 10 minutes of pushing, she was out. And it was just like one contraction, her head came out and then her body just kind of like split out and the Midwest sort of just like kind of scooped her right up to my chest. And, and she was there and I was like in shock because I was like, it just happened so fast. And she was born at 12.06 AM. So if you think about it, it was crazy because at 9.15, I wasn't even in active labor. So I wow. had like less than three hours of active labor. It was fast. Yeah, like once my body kicked in, it just like kicked in. And then it was crazy. I seriously felt like I was in shock because it was like, and honestly, I don't remember like the first probably 20 minutes of postpartum, like like of that post-birth that well, I think because I literally was in shock. And I lost quite a bit of blood, which you did with Maya as well, didn't you? Yes. Yeah, so I lost quite a bit of blood. And I remember like in this dreamlike state, I remember them saying like, I remember midwife. I remember Laura saying to the assistant, like, drop some Pitocin. And then they got me on the bed. And and then I also remember them saying, get the oxygen mask. Because I guess Scout, her her um, heart was, like, went down to, like, only 80 beats per minute. So it's crazy, though, because I'm, like, in that time, it was – everyone was still, like, super, super calm. And, of course, it was probably only a matter of seconds. They had Scout on my chest, and they, like – rubbed her really good and sucked her nose and her mouth out like really, really, really good. And probably since she came out of my birth canal literally so fast, it didn't have time to like totally squeeze all her mucus and stuff out. Right. So when, when Laura sucked her out really good, then her heart rate went right up and she was fine. 
And then also with me laying down, that really stopped my bleeding. And like, they didn't have to shoot me with Pitocin either. Like I was fine. And uh, yeah, a few minutes later, pushed out the placenta and no tearing or anything. And it was crazy. Then she was just here. It was so (laughs) surreal because it just happened so fast. Wow. I know. It was amazing. It was amazing. And sometimes, you know, you hear about fast births, like, it was really intense, but honestly, I can truly say, like, I hindsight, like, even though I didn't want to, I would have used the word probably painful for my birth with Brooks, but with Scout, I would say definitely, like, in those three hours, of course, it was intense, but there was never a moment that I would describe as painful. I would just describe it as, like, powerful, but there was never a moment that I felt like, I never had that moment of, like, I can't do this at all. That's, that's amazing. And so then how... I know. How have you kind of integrated both births or how do you, you know, after experiencing one that took a little longer, like you said, pushing for four hours mm-hmm. to then when where she oh my gosh. arrives 10 minutes after you sit on the birthing stool. I mean, how do you kind I of know. coalesce all of it's that? Crazy. I don't even know. It's so crazy. And like, we don't, we, we want to still continue to have more children. We probably won't have one or two more. So yeah, going into a third, I don't know what it'll be like, because it was just, it was so wild. Like, but you know what, when you're in the moment, you literally, at least me really didn't have a concept of time. Like I didn't realize till after the fact that like I pushed for four hours with Brooks and with Scout, like I knew it was quicker, but if they would have told me an hour, I would just believe them. But when they were like, no, you started pushing at 1156 and she was born at 1206. I'm like, what? Like it did not feel that fast, but I just felt like superhuman powerful like when I was pushing her out it was just like and it's so funny because I, I remember thinking like I just want to breathe her out because I, I don't want to tear her and this and that and I don't know my body just took over and it was freaking it was like get this baby out and luckily like I think it was just me being in the water beforehand probably like helped like get everything all stuffed and supple I guess and me just the position I was in yeah I didn't have any tearing or anything and it was just it was perfect like it was I, I, if I could like guarantee I would have a birth like that every time, even though it's so weird with all the interventions and craziness, like leading up to it, like I would do it the same way every time. Cause it just was, I don't know. It was awesome. So what was the, what was her actual birthday? Uh, December 6th. So she was born just after midnight on a Wednesday and I lost my mucus plug on that Friday. Friday. So I mean, I know. And then my water broke on, my water broke on a Sunday night. She was born on a Wednesday morning. So yeah, like they would never have allowed that in hospital, but everything was fine. I mean, she was perfect. I was perfect. Like there was no infection. You know what I mean? Like it was just like, since we, since we, as a team, you know, myself, since the midwife basically trusted me enough to know that I'm going to be diligent about keeping track of the baby's, baby's movements and my temperature and things like that. And like, and I trusted her enough. It's so cool because like we, there, we weren't on that timeline of like, baby's got to be out in 24 hours. You know what I mean? Like, of yeah. course she wasn't going to let me have my membranes broke forever. But I mean, it was never, there was never this feeling of like, this is an emergency. This is bad. Like not at all. Right. And she was born on her actual guest date. How funny is that? <laughs> I know. Isn't that crazy? That is so crazy. And she was born 12 six at 1206. Mm, that's I know. Fun. Kind of crazy. That's cool. And <laughs> she's a December baby. So my birthday is December 4th. Um, so see, so right after you. Yeah. Yeah. That's so I, cool. I, I know. So it was just, uh, it couldn't, I don't know. It was wonderful. And then it was crazy. Cause like those, those, 
I think the birth team, everyone ended up leaving at like 4.30 in the morning. But what was crazy is like after like they checked me out and then helped me take a quick little shower, which with Brooks and Scout, I feel like that is like the best feeling, that mm. first shower postpartum. I don't know. It just is like, oh my gosh, it felt so good. But then like got all, all snuggled into bed. Oh, and she did a tongue tie. And so did my son Brooks. And they revised that like right away at the birth, which is so wonderful. It was just taken care of. And then we were nursing and they're like, okay, well, we're going to go out in the kitchen and kind of get things cleaned up and fill out our paperwork. But you guys just kind of settle in right here. And it was so funny. So it was me and Brady and Scout in our bed in the bedroom and the kitchen's not far from our bedroom. And we could just hear the birth team out there like laughing. And I remember telling Brady, I'm like, this is so weird. It feels like we just have friends over and they're like having a slumber party. Like it was so weird. It was like so fun. And I, since, since I was going into labor, but like nothing was active in the beginning. Like it allowed me to like, I, even though I rested, like the house was clean and I took out, I had made a bunch of freezer meals in the prior weeks. And I took that, I took out this chicken pot pie that I made and was able to have it like ready for after <laughs> the baby was born. It was so weird. It was like, almost like I was hostess of this slumber party and there just happened to be a baby there. And like, we all were eating this chicken pot pie at like 1am and it was just like, it was so weirdly fun. Like it was literally fun. That's amazing. I love that. I'm just over here with the biggest <laughs> smile. And that's so, I know. it gives me all the feels to think about that. I know. Um, it was so fun. And so let's, let's talk, let's fast forward a little bit after, you know, birth and there's first few weeks. I am super mm-hmm. curious for my own selfish purposes, but I'm sure there's other mamas who want to know too, that transition from one to two, you know, particularly around the oh. age Brooks is and what, yeah, what that is like for you and how you've, you know, maneuvered. Uh-huh. Sure. So like I said, Scott was born December 6th and our son Brooks just had turned two in November. Okay. So he was two. And, um, he, so that next, yeah, so he came over the next morning, he met her and he was so sweet. And, you know, we really put some boundaries around those first few weeks that we didn't the first time. Um, I never got diagnosed with postpartum depression, but I would assume that I probably could have been because I really got into like a funk after Brooks was born. And, um, so to kind of be intentional about just some certain things, we really like limited visitors in those first few weeks and um, just really had a lot of family time and just focused on me resting and breastfeeding and things like that. So Brady was wonderful and that he, with his job, he's self-employed and he's a farmer and Brooks, Brooks is a two-year-old boy. So generally he loves all things tractors and farming related. So <laughs> Brooks went with, he went with Brady a lot in those first few weeks on the farm, at least for like half the day. And, um, and of course, being a farmer in December is one of your slower seasons. So it just really worked out that Brady was able to be here would be really helpful. And then between my parents and his parents, we were just diligent about like having boundaries as far as like, we, not in like a selfish type of way, but like more like, yeah, okay, we're going to have this small list of like our really close friends and immediate family can definitely like come over and see the baby. But if you're here, like please be helpful. And honestly, one of the most helpful things was people giving attention to Brooks and like Mm. playing with him or taking him and and everyone was so happy to do that. So it was, it went really good. And I think, you know, the, the hardest thing has just been for Brooks of like, Oh, I'm not like a hundred percent all the attention anymore. But, um, I don't know, a few things I've done that have just been so helpful and these really don't have to do with birth at all. But even in these first few months, even still, I do these things. Um, like, let's say I'm, I just got done nursing scout and she's pretty content. I'll like, look at her and I'll say, 
okay, baby scout, I'm going to lay you down in your swing right now for a few minutes so I can read Brooks a book. And it's just mm. funny because he just loves that because he's just like, oh, you know, mom's putting scout down to be with me or like um, just like being more more laid back as far as like once a, about once a week, I try to do something just alone with Brooks. And lots of times that's seriously like him and I go to the grocery store and then like go and get a donut together or something silly, but he loves it. So I was been trying to be intentional about like having alone time with him because I mean, you remember a newborn like takes so much time, but yet they're like weirdly low maintenance because they don't need, you know, they just need, mm-hmm. they need fed and cuddled and changed and this, but they also, they don't, you know what I mean? It's not like you're playing with them when they're yeah. like a couple weeks old. Oh yeah. So, there are some days now I'm like, wow. When I thought I it was rough, I'm looking now and I'm like, it was easy. Like I could set her down and leave the room. I could, oh. you know, now it's, uh, you know, you can't pee. <laughs> oh yeah, I know. I said the same thing so much. And then you get into two now when they're two, you know, it's like a lot of, you know, you're like training them to be like a, a human, good human yeah. being. Right. Yeah. It's like, no, please don't hit your sister with that spatula or whatever. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's so, oh my gosh, it's so different. But no, it's been good. It's been really wonderful. And just having, I don't know, I guess the things that have saved my sanity, honestly, is baby wearing because I can put the baby up in a carrier and that way she's cuddled up close to me, but I have both hands to attend to the toddler. And that's probably like, honestly, my biggest sanity saver. And then just helpful family. And I don't know, just kind of like being laid back and just going with the flow. I mean, it's been good. Like definitely there are hard days, but I'd say the toddler is the one that's harder than the newborn, but they just need attention in totally different ways. Yeah. I, everything you said is so awesome. And I just want to recap for a second. So there were almost like three elements to your postpartum experience (laughs) and going from one to two that have helped you. And, you know, you talked about in the initial stage, more boundaries. And I think that's amazing. Mm -hmm. Or not even more, but just reframing them and looking at it, like you said, is not this selfish act. It's, it's preservation. And I think it's a, healthy act for you and for other people, because if you are extending yourself, you know, too thin is to ingratiate other people or to make other people feel welcomed in your home or make them feel better about your postpartum experience, then you're not giving them space to really enjoy you at your best. And then you're not feeling your best. So it's really for everyone's benefit that you set really well established, you know, guidelines for what that Mm -hmm. is and to have, you know, the, the awareness to have that respect for your time and energy. And then in turn, you are doing that for other people too, because you're making sure that they can come over at a time when things are, you know, as, as great as they can possibly be. So I love that and utilizing people to assist with the toddler or with whatever other children, that's how they can really assist. Whereas, you know, with when you Uh have your first, you might want them to do laundry or this and that, but just to help the other child or kiddos feel, you know, that love. And then, Oh yeah things that you've done to make the transition smooth, that alone time, I think is amazing. I think that's something other, you know, mamas and families can take note of and the acknowledging and things you do. And it can be so simple as like you said, I'm going to put Scout down to hang out with you. And then that's almost like a, you know, 
a rush of, you know, compliment to them that like, ooh, mommy's mm-hmm. taking time for me. I think that's, I'm taking all of these notes for myself as well as sharing them with listeners. And oh, yeah. And that was a tip <laughs> I got from a friend. And that's been like the best one too. And like, mm-hmm. she'll be like two feet away, you know, playing in her little jungle gym thing, but he just loves it, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then so, the, the yeah. things that have saved your sanity, baby wearing. And there's a lot of great options for baby wearing now too. And you can find, you know, a style or a material or a thing that suits your body, your weather, even and kind of how your lifestyle is in your day to day. So there's a lot of great options there, which, you know, weren't at different points in time in maternity and motherhood. Um, so I love that. And then utilizing that village, utilizing helpful friends and family and just giving yourself a break at, at times during it too. And like you said, just kind of go with the flow as best you can. Cause there's a new stage for, waiting for you around the corner <laughs> always. Oh my goodness. Yes. Yes. But it's been, Oh, it's just been so wonderful. And yeah, I think just having a supportive spouse and I don't know, it's just, just loving these little babies. It's just the best. You are, you are awesome. You are an immediate <laughs> mood lifter. It's like cloudy and rainy here over in Atlanta today. And I'm just like, I feel great. Cause I'm talking to Sam about all the oxytocin vibes and it is amazing. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it's so funny. Just yesterday, my 30th birthday was just yesterday and it's so funny. This is totally midlife crisis. I was telling Brady, I'm like, I kind of want to get my nose pierced. <laughs> he was like, what? And I'm like, don't you think? And I, he's like, he goes, what if you get another tattoo instead? Because I have one tattoo. And I was like, and it was so funny. I was thinking like, huh, maybe I will. And it's so funny. Just last night, I told Brady, I said, you know, if I got another tattoo, what I might get? And I, I could just hear him being like, what? And I was like, I would love to get like the DNA or not DNA, but like the molecule of oxytocin. And he Heck was like, yeah. what? And I was like, Brady, just because think like, like your body produces oxytocin pretty much at three main times. Like when you're having sex, when you're giving birth and when you're breastfeeding. And I'm like, how beautiful and amazing is that? So if I get the oxytocin tattoo, I'll definitely share a picture of it on Instagram, but I'm really thinking about it. We need that. And you need to keep rolling on whatever you are on right now. Ride that energy, maximize it, share it with more people, because I know there's going to be a ripple effect to what you're doing and who you're being right now. I say embrace all of it. And, you know, Brady can just um, trust, you know, like he has with your birth processes, like trust that there's going to be some sort of first of all, payoff for him because you lit up means everyone wins and means your household is flowing and means your babies are happy. It means he's happy. So Ah, yes. Rock on with your goddess self. Yes. Thank (laughs) you. (laughs) Sam, I'm so grateful to you for hanging out. And we were able to have this conversation in nap time as well. So when... This worked out perfectly. Okay, so you enjoy the rest of this time um, and maximize it for yourself and keep... keep, you know, marinating on all of those awesome thoughts about how you're just going to spread this, this love and cheer to everyone, (laughs) to mamas, to pregnant women, everything. Um, thank you so much. I have so much love and appreciation for you. Yes. You too, Sarah. It was wonderful chatting. Quick note about the Doing It at Home podcast. Matthew and I are not doctors or medical professionals, and nothing we say should be taken as medical advice or opinion. If you have medical or health-related questions, please take them to a trained professional. We're here simply to entertain you with stories and conversations about pregnancy, birth, and parenthood. Does your father know you're listening to this podcast? 
Well, when you're done, why don't you stop by and check out a show that is 100% data-approved, Datages. Hi there, I'm Chad Higgle. If you're looking for useful insights and practical advice you can actually apply to work, family, education, philanthropy, and just life in general, check out Datages. That's D-A-D-A-G-E-S, wherever you listen to your podcasts.